Hi, the following is a conversation with Bonnie Limbert, co-owner of Forge Valley Fitness here in Vernon, BC. She runs as well um, Empower Life, uh, which has a mission of uh, driving and promoting female empowerment, female um, confidence through different things such as uh, fitness, uh, nutrition, um, and lifestyle. Uh, she provides as well uh, nutrition services all the contact informations are in bio. Um, essentially, we talk about her fitness journey, a little bit about uh, life work balance, her pregnancy, a little bit about nutrition, obviously some uh, uh, female empowerment, um, and a few other things. As always, this is the curious art of being human. I am Robin. Um, thank you for uh, watching this video. You know, if you like this content, this type of content, and what we're doing here, please consider subscribe to this channel. It helps tremendously uh, grow, uh, give some support to, to the project. And I think that's it. And now my friends, Bonnie Limbert. Thank you. So, Bonnie, take me back to when you first started your uh, fitness journey. Okay. How did you first get into training? Uh, at what age? Uh, what sport were you doing? How did you first get into uh, this magical world? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, I guess it started when I was about three or four. Uh, oh. My mom put me in gymnastics. Mm -hmm. So I was in gymnastics all the way till around 12. Um, and then that kind of transferred into going into ringette, which mm -hmm. is basically like hockey, but not. Um, and then I played softball for numerous amounts of years. I kind of stopped that in my early 20s and then stopped doing things for couple years and then my sister told me about CrossFit mm. um, she was like back in the day when it was still the regionals were being held at like university in Vancouver like super small still mm. um, she's like come watch it's super cool kind of has like gymnastics come check it out I think you'll love it so I went and watched and I was like oh this is pretty cool like mm. what are they doing with that barbell like doing some overhead squats doing some handstands I was like okay I'm sold maybe I'll go check it out so what year was that? Sorry. Oh my goodness. What year was that? Like 2014, 15 or 20, earlier? I would say 2013, 2014. 2013 yeah. um, and then that year of my birthday, I asked for like the ramp, the on-ramp um, for my birthday and went there and it was terrible. It just made you run with your first class. My first yeah. class. He's like, all right, here's a 14 pound med ball. Go for a 400 meter run. And it was just <laughs> terrible. Yeah. And I don't know why. Like, I know back in the day, like old school CrossFit, they're like, that's how they sell you. They're mm -hmm. like, you know, you need this. Right. So it definitely showed me how unfit I was. Um, and then I just dabbled in it a little bit. Um, wasn't too hard into it. And then I ended up moving to Edmonton. Um, and I didn't know anybody out there, so I ended up finding a CrossFit gym, and that kind of just really opened up my whole fitness journey, mm. um, where, like, it overtook my whole life. Um, like, nutrition, full-on committing to the fitness um, training, recovery aspect, 
Um, and that's where it kind of like really sunk in and like became a big passion for me. Sounds good. Yeah. So Edmonton was the place you really started to do CrossFit as a, as a sport. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So what was the, what, which uh, gym was that? I just, it's funny, I just went to Edmonton. Uh, Did you? Yeah, a couple of weeks ago for just a, a shoot. It's way colder than it is here. It is. Um, But it's drier. It's like when it snows, it's nicer to kind of do things in, to drive yeah. especially. Um, CrossFit Armory. Armory. Okay. Yeah, it's on the west side. Okay. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Were you right away into the, um, the sport aspect of CrossFit or were you, taking this initially just first as a some kind of a like a fitness uh, thing and not because maybe also at that point it was not necessarily because it became throughout the years more like a real sport itself mm -hmm. and initially it was more like a, a way of, of training yeah for sure to to uh, to help with other sports like what, what were your your mindset with this um, when you started when i first started it was just I enjoyed going mm -hmm. and I, I used it more so as like my working out. Yeah. Um, but when I moved to Edmonton there, it became a sport. It became a competition. And that's mm -hmm. where um, it was more so like it was more than just working out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Were you what was the, the, the competitive aspect that, that, that caught you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think seeing it more like I was always. I remember going to the regionals even when I, I lived um, in Coquitlam before moving out to Edmonton. And I was like, this is so cool. Like mm -hmm. the atmosphere, the hype, like everybody's working so hard. And it's just like, you're like, cool, I want to be, yeah. I want to be in that. Um, and I never really thought too much about it. I was like, eh, maybe, you know, maybe one day. But um, when I moved to Edmonton and went through my first open out there and saw, oh, okay, like maybe I could be a little bit better to maybe make it to re regionals. Mm -hmm. um, definitely not as an individual, but as a team, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so that's kind of where like took into high gear, hired a programming coach, hired a nutrition coach, and just everything oh, kind of well, fell yeah. into place and um, w like worked my butt off to, to go after that dream, so. At that point, um, professionally, what, what were you doing? Um, I was a senior manager at TELUS. Oh, so. wow, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, very, very different from where I'm at now. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. It's, um, managing what, like the people that are working what, in offices or, or on the field for, uh, in offices. So in offices, I managed uh, rights of way. So it's, uh, acquiring legal rights on public or private land mm -hmm. to place underground facilities. Hmm. Interesting. How did you get into that? In <laughs> oh. the first place? Like um, probably like 10 years prior, it was a contracting job. Mm. It was just admin work, you know, entering mm. in data and it just developed into um, becoming like my manager's right hand. And then the opportunity to manage the Alberta offices came up and she's like, I think this would be a great opportunity. And I was mm. like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> me <Sure>. as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I went after that. Yeah. Um, so you get into, you get more serious about all aspects of, of training and CrossFit and you, you get into the mindset of wanting to compete in the, the regional. Mm -hmm. And so how does, how did that go? Did you, did you make it? <laughs> Eventually. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the 2017, um, so the 2016 was kind of where I was like, okay, well maybe I could be good enough. Like I, I kind of have the background skill of like gymnastics and somehow after 20 years, it's, still a little bit there so 
Um, I just didn't really have the strength and I didn't really know how to get better. Mm -hmm. So uh, a couple of the other members of the gym were using um, Michael Fitzgerald from OPT Programming. Um, And I was like, maybe I'll reach out to him. So reach out to him, told him what my goals were. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. And through the training and then um, going into the 2017 Open was so stressful just like the process along because you're seeing all these other people that you're competing against to try to be on the on the team but you're like I want you to do well but I also want myself to do well yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's pretty crazy yeah because you were were you close with other women yeah. that were they were training yeah yeah and it wasn't just our gym because there was two CrossFit Armor gyms mm -hmm. that kind of went under that housed under the same affiliate um, so it wasn't just the girls at my gym it was the girls from the, the other gym, gym as well yeah. Yeah. And then, and so you made it in 2017? Yes. Okay. Yeah. We, um, they took the top cause at that time it was, um, four or three girls, three guys, and they took the top four out of Armory South and Armory West, essentially. Um, just whoever finished the top. Um, so I think it was the top six that they chose, so, top six girls, top six guys. And then we kind of had to do like an in-house competition mm. to figure out who was going to be on the team. Really? And that was just like grueling. He, yeah. Like our coach had um, programmed all these separate workouts and he's like, it's basically like you guys are training against each other to try to get the team put together. So it's like you're trying to also cohorse as a full team to see who would mesh well but also you're competing against each other and it was just it was probably the hardest I think it was like four or five weeks that oh, wow. we went through and I remember like one workout I had just got my strict muscle up like a month or two ago and it was Nate strict muscle ups yeah. right and I just could not get it and I just like broke down like crying I was like mm -hmm. my dreams are crushed <laughs> ended up making the team but <laughs> still yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so you guys had three to four weeks of internal competition oh, yeah. to know, oh shit, it's not, not even like a one-time event. No, that, I wish I that. I wish I could remember. I started, I took a couple of videos of it, like um, one of the competition or one of the workouts was running um, running straight into strict handstand push-ups into dumbbell snatches. And we just ran that that workout in-house to see who was the fastest mm. and then just figuring out who was going to basically build the team that way yeah yeah that's interesting <laughs> yeah. yeah how was the experience of of uh, the competition the the original in uh, mm. vancouver it was amazing yeah no it was in portland that year oh it's always oh, in portland yeah, okay in yeah. portland the oh, west was the, was the west this is a soup was that the soup super west Because that was the Canada West and Northwest of mm. of the states, uh, super cool. Like yeah. such a rush of adrenaline, mm -hmm. and just like if you've ever been at a stadium, like the concert, the like chills you get, the goosebumps. Mm -hmm. It was like that. It's like oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, really yeah. cool. It's a, yeah, that's a cool experience. How did that? How do you think this? Uh, so after this, were you? in the mindset of pursuing competing or, yeah. or yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Um, things kind of fell apart from there, but, um, yeah, after that is like you had a little taste and you wanted more mm. and I wanted to go back. I wanted to keep, 
you know, um, being part of the team. And it was just, it was such a cool experience to work hand in hand with all these other people. Mm. And I think the coolest part of it when we were there, just to like, you have all these different individuals with different fitness levels, um, that created a team and coming together like unison doing like the worm exer or the worm workouts. Mm -hmm. And those were our best events. Like we just synchronized so amazing. And it was, I can't, I don't know. I can't even explain how it felt. It was just such a cool experience. Yeah. The harmony of your, your group. Yeah. 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 How did you, and then, so you, at that point you're, you're leaving Edmonton or you're still, I was still there. You're still there. Yeah. I was there for one more year. Um, Cause I started, I met Terrence like in person mm -hmm. at uh, the regionals in Portland. Oh, I see. And that's where we just started kind of talking and developing our relationship. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was still living in Edmonton that time. Yeah. So where did you, is it Terrence that made you move to Vernon? Or? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think um, it was two things. Like, obviously, I moved to Edmonton for the advancement of my career. And I, I gave that was about like four years, really, um, of like working hard and um, developing a really good uh, working team out there. And I felt, okay, I gave a big effort to that. I'm going to give effort to like my personal life, my, mm. my love life. Mm -hmm. So, um, Yeah, a year after us dating, I decided to move out here. So were you able uh, to be moved with your job or no? You no. had to let the, that yeah. behind. It's, it's a big leap of faith. Yeah, it, it's still like, it's still, um, it's still a sensitive spot. Like, I think mm -hmm. I still have like dreams where I'm still working there. And I remember certain mm -hmm. things about the job. And um, that is one thing that kind of still saddens me that hmm. you know I had to leave that it was 10 years of my life I created such a great um, bond with the team out there and even my manager that lived out in um, BC it was just it was really sad to to leave yeah. them it's hard to to change uh, things like that because the, the work ultimately it's a it's a very big part of uh, your time your life yeah. when you leave things behind like that it's uh, it's a can be a lot emotionally yeah for sure it's that safety net right knowing yeah. it's the knowing and being comfortable of mm -hmm. what what you're doing so when you came here did you have any other like professional plan or was it like just um i when we were kind of talking about moving out here i started applying for jobs um i ended up interviewing coming out here um, for a visit and then interviewing at nixon winger so one of the local lawyers mm -hmm. um to do kind of an admin job there Um, and that work ended up working out. So I moved here having that job. Yeah. Um, I still had TELUS in the back pocket to help them out as I was transitioning out, but it just became a little bit too much. So yeah. I had to let go of it completely. Were you at that point, like any interested into, into making like fitness your, your, your career or was, wasn't, it wasn't on the table at all? Um, I think it was always it's always in the back it was always in the back of my mind mm. especially once I made it kind of a full bit of my my life um I did start uh, like I took my PN nutrition um, certification like 2016 mm. and I started kind of helping out people that I knew and um just a little bit come like things out of under the radar and building my 
a business on that and being like, yeah, maybe it could be something. Um, And even when Terrence and I started talking, it's like, oh, yeah, the dream is always live in a small town, own a CrossFit gym and just live life Mm -hmm. on a beach kind of thing. Right. (laughs) (laughs) The all time goal. Um, So it was always a dream slash goal. Never Mm -hmm. really thought it would pan out the way it has. Interesting. So you 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 did you were doing nutrition before uh, becoming a coach and, yeah. and things like that. Yeah, yeah interesting. Yeah. Um, so you arrived in Vernon. Did you were you training at the uh, Forge at that time? Yeah, every time I came in for a visit, I was always training at mm. Forge, and then obviously the transition was just. It made sense to just go to Forge and start training. Yeah. Um, I still had my coach Michael at the time, uh, so I was kind of doing my own programming. Yeah, yeah. Your own programming in the the gym. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was so, that guy. <laughs> because at that point, you were still training it with the competitive mindset, or what? What was the the idea? Um, yes and no. Yeah. Um, in the midst of kind of coming home, um, like after regionals in that time, I started having just like hormone issues, which Mm -hmm. I never really, I didn't pay too much attention to. Like I knew that sometimes when you train at a high level, sometimes you can lose your cycle. Um, I ended up losing it right before regionals and I didn't want to think about it. Didn't Mm -hmm. want to put the effort there. Um, and then as time went on, it was just something that was like I knew it was an issue. I didn't really want to deal with it because mm. I didn't want to lose the performance that I had gained and I didn't want to lose the kind of path that I was on. Um, and then that kind of came to a head kind of in and around the time before I started moving here where I was like, okay, like my performance is starting to derail a little bit, it's starting to go down my energy, my recovery, everything was starting to just fall apart mm-hmm. um so I started to give it a little bit more attention um and that to me just kind of like I, I had that all of nothing all or nothing mindset where it's like if I can't be competing and doing everything amazing then I'm doing nothing mm, yeah I'm a little bit like that as well yeah, yeah it's it's hard it's a hard yeah. uh hard mindset to switch from but mm. um yeah I ended up just like not training for a little bit mm. and just trying to like because I came kind of resentful of the fact that I wasn't going to be on the team and mm. being around everybody that was still training, it was just a little bit, a little bit too much in my in my face. So I yeah. kind of gave it a little bit of a step back and tried to focus on that. Um, so when I did come back out here, it was more so just let's focus on strength. Let's not do high intensity. Let's just get our strength up. That kind of just, you know, focusing on strength, it just yeah. helps hormone imbalances level out a little bit. Um, so that was kind of the idea of my training, too. I see. What were things that helped you? Because ultimately, there's, um, I think, for a lot of people, when you're competitive into something and something happens, whether it is an injury or, and you can't, um, you kind of like have to let go almost a little piece of yourself oh my uh, when you were because competing or being into competition like like you said there's no a little bit it's like it's full on or it's yeah. nothing and so when you kind of like forced to readjust and there's a little bit of panic that can happen on like where 
then what is the meaning almost of like life my yeah yeah <laughs> my life and, and things like that for sure D did you have any how did you did you navigate that like did you kind of change the 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 the, the vision that you had about this or or did you do things or think about things that that helped you navigate that kind of like facing this moment where okay like i can't yeah. do this that's that's a readjust or um at that time i don't think i had the right tools and resources to navigate it mm. well enough um it was that that was kind of like my learning piece mm. when i went through that it was <laughs> it was like my life is over like what is this <laughs> if I can't compete what am I doing with my what am I doing with myself like yeah. what do I have to show if I'm not working hard towards something like even mm. though I had my career it wasn't this to me like building uh, building my performance and my strength and being able to compete at regionals that was something that wasn't handed to me it wasn't just something that was easy like I actually had to work for it mm. which to me felt like it was almost the first thing that I did in my life that was for me yeah. and nobody else had any say in it nobody else you know helped me along like obviously my coaches helped me give yeah. me gave me the programming but like I was in the gym doing the work mm -hmm. and when that happened when you know I went and saw the doctors and they're like okay well you got to stop working out you got to do you got to eat a little bit more you got to stop you know I was like, so basically you're telling me I just can't do myself. Like I can't do anything that I want to do. And I took that from where it should have been here to like up here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was like, I can't do anything. Um, so I definitely like, yeah, the piece of, I, I felt like a piece of myself was taken away. Mm -hmm. And I felt, I felt super lost. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't know, I, I just didn't know how to, I didn't know how to navigate through it. I felt super like in the, a dark place. Yeah. Um, I couldn't see past where I currently was. Um, so at that time, no, like um, when I was in it, I was in it and I didn't have the tools or resources to navigate correctly through it or in a healthy manner. So when I finally came out of that, I think I, I understood people who get injuries, who have something change, like how that affects their life. And that to me, like gave me the understanding to be able to help people that go through that. And then when I go through that again, which I have mm -hmm. injuries, right, that gave me the tools and resources to be able to properly navigate through it in a healthy way. Right. Yeah. So you felt like this, this gave you the ability to, to feel closer to the people that would leave the same experience because you actually felt. Yeah. What is, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the biggest thing, especially when you have an industry or you're working in a service department where, or not service department, but like a service industry mm -hmm. where you have to have that connection with people. Yeah. If you don't have that strong understanding, if someone's just telling you, oh, I'm going through this, I'm going, or you're like, yeah, yeah, I get it. I understand. But if you, if you've been through it yourself, you're like, I get it. Like, holy crap, I understand where you're at and it's hard. Yeah. Let's get the resources and the tools to get you through this and coming out stronger on the other end. Yeah, mm, totally. Yeah. Um, so, and then how did you, when did you actually uh, take the step of, of becoming uh, a coach or starting coaching? Um, was it around that, that moment or was it way later than that? 
No, like I had, I had like back in the day, I'd taken my personal training courses and I had trained like one or two people, um, helped out coaching when I was at CrossFit Armory. Um, not too much. It wasn't anything that I would do regularly. Um, but it was always something like I enjoy watching people push themselves, watching them, um, get through like, you know, whether it's pushing themselves or understanding like, oh my God, I can do this or just seeing themselves progress and get better at things is, it's a really cool thing. And I, I think I knew I wanted to do it, but I didn't really understand where I wanted to kind of how I wanted to coach and what that looked like. Um, the coaching really came in when we ended up taking over or buying the business. Oh, really? Yeah. I see. Interesting. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, it's good because I was going to, well, I mean, you can relate with because being an employee and then f- the switch from being an employee to um, being a, a business owner. Now it's it's been what, like three years that you guys bought the, the gym? Four years. Four years. Yeah. 2019. Okay, I don't want to remove it. Yeah, 2019, just before yeah. COVID. Yeah, oh yeah, because I remember we oh, talked yeah. that about that, <laughs> which is crazy because, you know, you can't, I mean, well, I mean, we're going to talk about that, but like the, the first thing uh, is, so four years in, let's not necessarily focus on what happened through COVID, but mm-hmm. just like more generally speaking, um, what were things you 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 wish you would have kind of known or or advice you could right now give to uh, your 2019 self oh getting into this yeah um that that would have helped you uh navigate <laughs> this, this experience i think a broad thing would have been it's going to be okay mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh the transition from you know always being like the corporate life into um self-employed that was I did not transition well Mm. it was super tough um and I think like I I just I worried so much that I needed to be a certain way you know we took over the business Terrence had already been there for a certain amount of time he already had those relationships with the members I didn't Mm. and I felt like I needed to be above and beyond for everybody And that drove like super high anxiety and just, again, feeling super lost. Um, Looking back, I wish I wish I had information on um, really just how to. Oh, my goodness, I don't even know. Um, Yeah, how to how to be how to be more resourceful, maybe Mm -hmm. being self-employed. like you mean the like the technicality of running the business like the business aspect of of it or um what was it it was uh, making sure like yeah making sure we didn't like the the back-end business stuff was okay I could like that stuff I understood um but it was managing real people Mm. right their lives and mm. they're they're there for a certain service that now I co-own with my partner and he has already been in this industry for yeah. so long and I knew nothing right yeah. so coming in knowing nothing 
and trying to be a person that is running a business for these people that are paying for an amazing service, yeah. am I am I going to live up to that? Am I able to give them what they're wanting? Mm -hmm. And that was, for me, a really hard yeah. transition. Hurried by the, the, the responsibility you were you were feeling yeah yeah no that is yeah that, that makes total sense well you didn't arrive with knowing nothing you had like a, a, a competition background you were mm -hmm. uh, like in the sphere since like a lot of years so you didn't have like nothing <laughs> though but yeah and 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 i think also it's the um, in my experience or but i think for anybody that spent you know whatever it is like 10 years as an employee and then suddenly you're a business owner is the lack of a um, work frame like you realize that you're not anymore into a closed environment where you have to follow a certain step to do things or somebody oh, yeah. that's going to guide you to do something and you really realize that there's not nothing and you can do pretty much yeah. anything, anything you want And that can be very overwhelming for sure uh, with an employee background. Yeah, it's the structure, yeah. right? Is yeah. like knowing I I have all the stuff that I need to do. Okay, but like, how do I do it? How mm -hmm. do I? <laughs> yeah. When do I do it? How? Yeah. What do I do today? <laughs> And yeah. knowing that there's nobody above you, like you said, to guide you, to give mm -hmm. you direction, and it's like, okay, now I have to really pull up my adult pants and do it myself <laughs> yeah yeah that's all well well the good thing is that you were uh, you guys are a team a couple of two so like there's that dynamic that that uh that plays a, a role so how how is that because you, you hear a lot of things uh with i've done it a little bit also when you when you mix you know relationship yeah. with with work there's like everybody's experience is different but how um in your experience uh This is going. Was it like a, a work in progress to find, you know, like this balance on what you guys were both doing or mm -hmm. bringing? Uh, how was the this, this process on on finding and knowing? Okay, who's going to do what? Yeah, uh, that kind yeah, of that's a good question. Um, when we first took over the business, it was basically like we didn't have the time to really talk and sit down and figure mm. it out. Terrence still took on his role of being a coach and he was super busy with that. So basically everything else I handled. Mm. Um, on top of that, um, the previous owner, he was coaching. So I had to take on his coaching responsibilities too. So I didn't feel like we had the time to really sit down and navigate. Mm. Okay, these are your roles and responsibilities. And then COVID hit. So then we were just trying to navigate through there. And honestly, I think it wasn't until two years ago where we really sat down like and had a serious owner meeting to be like okay where's the business going who's doing what what are we doing um so at first it was just kind of like run and like deal with it do what we need to do to get through everything um and if there's something serious to talk about we talked about it but now it's I think the challenge is just communicating and not just And that happens like in just normal relationships, right? Losing that communication to tell your partner, hey, this is what's going on. Mm -hmm. But now it's like, okay, business hat on. Hey, this is what's going on with the business, blah, 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 blah. And I think the communication is the biggest piece that we continue to try to work on mm -hmm. to make sure it, it is there. Because yeah. um, that's where we both kind of fall apart is the communication. Yeah. 
and making the how is making the um, not the difference but w what is hard also with the business is the how do you balance things um <laughs> with with your life but like just like life generally speaking and and the work yeah um how is how, how is how this is that? <laughs> that's a balance is a I don't know if it exists sometimes. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think you have to make balance, right? Mm. It doesn't just come. Um, boundaries have to be, you know, known and strong. Um, we're finally just getting to a point, like now we have a full staff. So Terrence used to work so, so much where he didn't have very much balance between mm -hmm. being able to do some owner roles, coaching, and then everything life after that. Um, so now we're finally getting to a point where Terrence is able to pull back a little bit, help out on the owner side. So he has that balance. Um, and then outside of, you know, making sure that when it's home time, like it's home time. And those boundaries, you know, sometimes, you know, you need to pick up your phone, you need to deal with something. Um, but knowing that when you are working, that's where your focus is. And then when you're home, that's where your focus is. And then knowing that now, you know, that we have a kid, we have to schedule time for ourselves or else we just don't get it because the focus is, is on Mac. Right. So it's being intentional and conscious on setting oh, yeah. your, yeah. or else it just doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, that's, yeah, that's totally true. It's yeah. again, the, the structure thing, like. That are not that doesn't exist, so that you have to <laughs> create the. You have to create. <laughs> you have to create it. You have to create the structure. You have to create the balance. You have to create the boundaries, and you have to have an intentional, like be intentional about it, um, and know that okay, when I when this is working time, like it's working time. Mm. I don't just like flip through my phone or do anything like that, um, because if you use that time for something else, then work time gets thrown into the other areas of your life and. You just yeah. don't get to have that balance. Yeah. Do you think that was the the main challenge in, in this past four years, like navigating this, this balance? What was the main... Uh, um. Well, obviously the first COVID bit. COVID yeah. <laughs> um, It Actually, during COVID was actually easier to balance mm. because we were right. home, right? Yeah. We had more time to communicate. Mm. Um. But coming back in and not having, uh, yeah, I think. Sorry, what was your question? <laughs> the, the, no, the question. Yeah, was was uh, what was the the most challenging part? Uh, yeah, it would be balance. It, it would be balance. 100%. Yeah, yeah. with like, the boundaries, yeah. like um, boundaries and balance. Yeah, yeah, because it's basically just building, finding balance in this new life, totally yeah. new life. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, So, um, which you, you talked a little bit about um, uh, your um, how to say this like the fact that you, you were liking uh, like your your competitivity and and what you you've done because it felt like it was something that you worked for and nobody else mm -hmm. like. Um, and that gave you probably a lot of uh, 
sense of of uh, self worth, mm -hmm. uh, pride, but not on a negative sense of, of way, yeah. and, and and control over your life and and all these these things. How do you think today? Um, because these are things that we can feel, yeah, with other aspects, yeah. Or is it something that today you you were feeling that you can touch and feel with other aspect that would be tied to your productivity or or competitivity, uh, you know? Because I, I think today it's a it's a big it's a big thing that I believe we have to learn to deconstruct a little bit um, that we live in a system where a lot of our self worth is said to be tied to our productivity or how good we are mm -hmm. at something yeah um and when you come from when you have a, a sport competitive background like it, it's very obvious because your worth as an athlete is your results mm -hmm. right and, and like in business it can be also a little bit the same thing but um, i'm curious to know how for you and you if you reflect on that or your transition from your uh i want to say maybe self-worth or how you, you feel about yourself from the where you were at at the doing comp competing in crossfit and then kind of losing this and, and transferring into uh today who you mm -hmm. are and what you do um how do you feel like this evolved like and how do you how do you, you think about that today it hasn't evolved <laughs> <laughs> um you know it's actually as you say that that mindset is still there for me mm. um and it's really hard like i like results you know you put in the yeah. effort you get results being a business owner those results are not right away right you're not like i work hard for a week and what happened right yeah. um and that i think that was Too, one of the challenges when I did become self-employed was you're working, 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 but there's nothing to show for it. You're just putting in work. You're like, what? A, why am I doing this? Like, mm -hmm. what am I getting out of this? And then that shifted into, okay, we're building a great community here. We're building something that we're passionate about and we're giving back to people and this is going to better their lives. And we're building something that, you know, everybody's a part of. It's a little, a little community, a little family. And when I shifted kind of the way I thought about it, everything that I was doing felt a little bit better, like a little bit more, like I was proud of what I was doing. I wasn't just doing data. I wasn't just doing social media posts. I was doing something that was building towards something that meant something to, to us and to the people that are coming. Right. So that, that makes me proud. Um, and then obviously doing my nutrition and, And building the series that I'm building right now is, um, it doesn't have that, <laughs> that like right away response, but it still makes me feel good that hopefully it can just get one person, right? Help one person. And that's kind of where it's driving these days. Yeah. Um, and then my competitive aspect for like, you know, at home life is just, I have to put in the effort. I have to make sure that. You know, if you want something, no matter what it is, if you want a happy life at home, if you want strong communication, if you want a good bond, you have to put in the effort, right? Yeah. So just making sure that that is there. Yeah. Is that kind of... <laughs> yeah. And I think that's an important point because you said um, like you like to see results. So what I wasn't... I don't know if this came out wrong on my side. What I wasn't say is I don't think there's anything wrong in wanting to see results in what we're doing. But I mean, there's more... Um, um, 
to not lose self-esteem if you're doing something and you're not seeing to yeah. not tie your own uh, self-esteem and so forth as a, as a person as For a sure. human into the result or not that you're getting but yeah. more into like you were saying the the effort uh that you're putting in things uh, yeah. which makes more sense because the problem is results like sometimes we won't be really able to in a lot of things um control really the the, the results of mm -hmm. things and i think yeah putting the the energy into the effort and not really um caring about the, what comes out of it yeah right? um because um when we and and this is we're going to get as well into um nutrition um anything and and you can talk about that but uh, nutrition is something that uh, you probably agreed is is need to be seen as a long-term effort right because mm -hmm. we kind of need to eat pretty much every day <laughs> yeah. even though we can survive for i don't know like 20 or 30 days without yeah. eating um, but i mean that's the the extreme um what is your approach on um since we were a little bit into this on i'm not going to say necessarily self-worth uh, and esteem but let's say self-love mm -hmm. uh and nutrition how do you feel like this <laughs> this is tied up and and is it something that you uh feel is important as well in your 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 own approach for sure yeah. um huge especially especially in females right mm -hmm. we and i know guys struggle with this too but your self-worth your self-love um this is something that we have to work on right i know a lot of women They wake up, they look at themselves in, in the in the mirror, and the first thing that comes to mind is something negative, like, oh, I hate this. Oh, look at you. Like, right? And even though they're saying that in that moment, it's still always with you. So that I think in turn will um choose your action of what foods that you eat. You know, I don't deserve to treat myself with respect, so I'm not going to eat well. I don't mm -hmm. I don't feel like I deserve to eat well. Like, you know. For instance, like um, I'm dealing with one of my clients right now and she's like, I just don't see anything. I don't love anything about myself. I'm like, okay, like let's build for that. Like, um, and she has trouble eating well and she just doesn't feel like she deserves to feel good. Mm -hmm. Right. And when we eat food that is nutritious and, it, and it's, you know, um, food that makes us feel good then in turn, you want to continue to feel that way. But if you don't deserve that you, f that you deserve to feel good, that's just going to be that spiral of eating less nutritious foods that doesn't make you feel good. And then in turn, you, you feel even worse about yourself. So that self-worth is lowered and you don't have that self-love. Mm -hmm. So I definitely feel like when you do love yourself and you speak positive about yourself, even just to yourself where nobody else is around that that kind of transition into your nutrition and how you fuel yourself what foods you eat does that right. make sense yeah no totally um there's there's an you touched a an important subject i think as well that is um uh, body image and and how people see themselves and so in, in in the things you do you're you're mainly you're mainly working with women right That's, that's it's about or, 85% women. Yeah. I do have some male clients as well um, for my nutrition one-on-one -on -one clients. Yeah. yeah. 
um, what do you think, like, first of all, why do you think, um, wait, how am I going to formulate this question? Um, what kind of like challenge you think, you know, women have today uh, toward that, but m more importantly, how one can, um, what can you do, you think, to, to, to navigate with more ease, let's say, this mm -hmm. world where, you know, physical ap appearance, it, it's still like something. And I don't know if it will remain this way or if we'll one time, one day, you know, evolve or, um, and, and also the, the, the experience with navigating the world uh, as a woman and as a man or whatever your gender is, is I think very different. Mm -hmm. That is for sure. Yeah. Um, and so this is why there's the need and the importance to have like people that are sharing experiences on, on both sides and both sides that listen to the other side to understand also. Yeah. Um, but in, in maybe in your experience or what do you think are, are the main challenge today with this um, and especially for maybe younger generation um, and how how today like a, a young uh, woman can arm herself to to really build their her you know self-worth esteem or self-love yeah. without being completely tied to how she looks mm -hmm. um, i don't know if that question makes sense kind but of it's kind of <laughs> <jumped around. laughs> um yeah like I, this is such a such a big piece for me um body image is huge right and no matter and just speaking about females right now, but no matter what age you are, you're always kind of compared or looking at whatever's out there, right? You always mm -hmm. don't, you don't feel good enough. No matter, even if you are in the best shape of your life, you always feel like the, it should be better. Um, body image in, in young females, it's just getting, I feel like it's getting worse and mm -hmm. worse. And then they're getting younger and younger. And it, it just breaks my heart. And this kind of falls into why I created my seminar mm -hmm. um the I don't even know where to start <laughs> um so let, let's start with how you think what what do you want to bring on what kind of like values or principles do, yeah. do you feel are important to put light on um, yeah I think the biggest thing you know social media everything else that's out there like tv like that's portraying something that is non-existent it's mm -hmm. it, everybody is different and everybody matters right doesn't matter who you are what size you are you know what race anything like that it's like all that matters is like each individual person is unique and amazing and what your body looks like doesn't doesn't say whether you're amazing or you're not it's what is inside and what you believe right um and that kind of goes hand in hand with the self-love and treating yourself with respect if you don't believe it you're not going to see it right so a lot of the times like as i'm working through um a seminar because it is interactive we have a little bit of like a role play so mm -hmm. you know tell me or speak to your partner tell them one thing you love about yourself and why and it just starts with one thing. That's all you have to do. Start with one thing. And if you tell yourself that every single day, that will start to build, right? That starts to build the confidence, starts to build um, how you feel about yourself. And um, I think 
so much out there, society does portray that you have to look a certain way and that's what gets inside of our heads and you don't. Um, what matters is how you feel. 100% like, how do you feel? Do you feel good? Okay, if you don't feel good, how can we change that? How do we get you to feeling good? Because if you feel good, you're going to start to, to feel confident and know that that self-love and that body image will start to fade away. Like the, the negative around body image and when you feel good you start to do things that make you feel better you're you're um kind of growing all of that positive self-love um that I think and that will be the driving factor mm -hmm. not what you look like right yeah yeah no totally yeah that's an interesting uh, approach so how do you think we we do this as a collective it 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 starts with well like you're you're doing like this this um that's okay um by making them understand that so how you feel is more important than how you look mm -hmm. right yeah um how do you think um what kind of, of tools so did you use to make someone understand that really because like that's what is one thing to say it but how do people can uh apply that in your life so you use obviously you use uh, fitness nutrition mm -hmm. which, which are like mm -hmm. foundation to feeling good which are like probably one of the, the best foundation yeah. to is it like through this mainly that you you you're sharing this idea or what what are yeah. the it is like that that stuff is great but it does come down to your mindset right mm -hmm. and how you how you think about yourself and how you approach that um we're set up to you know right away think negative thoughts if you start to have negative thoughts how can you switch that to a positive right if you look in the mirror and be like oh i'm so fat okay switch that stop like in yourself in your head tell yourself to stop find something you love i love the way my arms are looking today great okay build off of that right um the you can have your nutrition you can have your lifestyle you can have your fitness all in turn but if at the end of the day you you don't believe in yourself and if you don't have that self-worth and you you don't think positively about yourself you're not going to feel great mm -hmm. even mm -hmm. if you're as fit as you possibly can if you don't believe in yourself you're not going to feel good and that in turn is going to start to just deteriorate you mm. um what do what does uh wh where do you do you are you feel the pull to to get into this because you you see the need or is you think like there's something part of your personal history that like, yeah did you have like any uh, of female ro role model growing female up female role model um yes and no um like I feel it's a pull for me to uh, I, I think more so now being in the in the industry nutrition and fitness mm -hmm. and seeing um how females uh, talk about themselves mm -hmm. how they see themselves is just like okay, no, something has to change. And in my own personal story, like when I was in gymnastics, I 
I wasn't super fit or thin. Um, you know, we didn't have the, the resources of what was nutritious eating. So we ate like fast food, craft dinner, stuff like that. So I was a little, um, you know, heavier. And my coach told me to stand in front of the mirror and be like, look at how fat you are. Like, mm. do you see that? You're not going to be good enough. You're not going to be a good athlete. You're not going to be a good gymnast. And just like drilling, 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 right? And I understand the side of that to like try to be motivating to like be better. I get that. But we can do it in a better way. Mm, yeah. And and then going into uh, middle school and high school and God, like terrible, yeah. right? Um, no matter, I think, if no matter what crowd you're in, in in school, there's always going to be some sort of badgering about your body or about something. Like um, I remember in middle school, like you hand around your yearbook and everything and I got mine back and like somebody wrote, you're a slut. And I'm just like, I haven't even kissed a boy. Like how the hell am mm -hmm. I a slut? But that's in your head. Yeah. And then that makes you feel like crap. I started eating like started stealing food out of like my mom's cupboard and like eating in my room mm. and just not feeling good about myself. And then I think that that obviously brought on more negativity about myself. And then high school happened, same thing, similar things. Um, and then even in my, you know, couple of first years of my 20s, like people called me fat. And I was like, w like, where do you have, I don't even know you, like how mm. it didn't really... I didn't understand at that point that that wasn't right. And I was like, these random people who I don't know have a right or they're saying something about my body. Like, that's okay. That's not good. Obviously, you know, I'm not good enough to be part of this. Right. And that's that kind of stemmed um, or that part and that piece is a big reason why I do want to I do want to do this and and create I wanted to create this series because I don't want other young females to feel that way mm -hmm. and it took me until I was in Edmonton in my 30s to really feel empowered and feel strong and feel confident and feel proud of myself and if it took me 30 years and it started you know wherever it started for me what about where people are at these days and Tell me to shush up if I no, can. No, 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 this is, no, no, this is really good. Um, and obviously, you know, being at the gym, I'm talking to the parents and a couple of the parents talk to me about their kids and what their friends are doing and what their coaches are doing at their figure skating. Like they're pinching their fat and telling them mm. they're fat, telling them to stop eating. And that just like, it literally like brings tears to my eyes because mm. I'm like, are you kidding? These, these girls are eight to 10, eight to 10. And they have their whole life ahead of them. If you're not armoring them with positivity and self-love, like where are they going to be when they're 16? Yeah. Are they going to be, you know, like some other people that I know, their kids are cutting themselves. Their kids are wanting to commit suicide. Is that where we want our world to be? Mm -hmm. And it's just like, <laughs> I know I'm just one person, but... I feel so strong about it. Like it amps me out. I have goosebumps. Oh, nice. um, I, I just want, I want the parents to understand. So like I, I did a seminar for the figure skating and I, I talked directly to the parents and I was like, who here has body image issues? All the parents put up their hands. 
Okay. The parents? The parents. The parents, yeah. I asked them, do you still have body image issues? Yeah. Okay, where do you think that came from? Oh, peers, high school. Okay. And we, I talked a little bit more, just trying to like grow them to start opening up their mind, thinking about it. I'm like, do you want that for your kids? And that kind of like, they made, like, I had a couple people in tears. Obviously, we were talking a little bit further about things. Mm. But I'm like, do you want that for your kids? You're... 40 years old and you're still struggling your kid is nine years old and they're struggling how like we need to be the change we need to change this narrative so they are not where we're at yeah right yeah sorry <laughs> no, that's really good um yeah and probably high school is one of like the main point to to heat that's for sure it, it happened to me the exact same thing uh when i was uh i mean the exact same thing when i was around like 11 12 uh i was something i was like heavier and um i was eating bread and um, an older guy like came and and kicked my, the food i had in my hand and tell me robin you should stop eating because you're too fat you're already too fat don't you do you want to be more fat than you are and uh, I'll remember this my entire life because it took me, it pretty much like fucked me up my entire 20s uh, because I, I, then you're at that moment and especially me is really like a sponge and open and curious and mm -hmm. really uh, unaware of all uh, violence. Yeah. Um, and I'll remember my whole life this kind of like electric signal that you you get through your whole spine like the first time you're being you know uh kind of attacked by something yeah. and especially at, at, at that age and the repercussion the ripples that it has um so and especially at, at that age where we're like complete sponge and we take words of others and then the problem is that then the people or the adults or that are you know doing these things it is also it's also come from their own they're projecting their own fear or their mm -hmm. own belief like this coach that was telling you this and that like it's not probably not even that he's um personally was thinking this is because he's he's been transmitted that this is how a 10 year old gymnast has to look like without mm -hmm. even thinking about anything oh this is too you know not enough or good yeah and 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 so it, it really the educational part of that i think is is uh, extremely important and i i totally uh approve and agree on this 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 thing because and especially yeah in, in in high school um if we can just handle to 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 educate uh but not not even into the so like nutrition fitness all that stuff but more just like simply give more information on on how to be you know a human a better human in, in mm -hmm. this world how yeah. to respect other people how to yeah. understand that everybody's unique um in words affect people and like yeah they're your peers and i know there's this ongoing like hate love between women where it's like you have to they speak down about them or they call them names like that it, you're not just calling them names and it stops there like that is that is taken with them for yeah. their life and to try to bring awareness to that and i think that's the biggest thing is like bringing awareness yeah. because a lot of the time we just do things that we're doing and we don't really understand what is actually doing to other people but when you bring awareness to that like hey this matters 
maybe not to you because it's just words out of your mouth, but it matters to that person. And how is it affecting that person? Think about that. And if, you know, switch the roles, roles, if that was said to you, like, how would you feel? Yeah. Right. Totally. So what would be your, your goal with this? It's to kind of like tour in, uh, yeah. In, in, uh, high schools and, and. Yeah. Um, so my first, like the empowerment, um, so the seminar is love yourself, part of the female empowerment series. My first one was done with the figure skating. Um, I've reached out to high schools. I've reached out to some of the sports teams. Um, I want to reach out to like the Archway Society. So where women from abused relationships, Mm -hmm. stuff like that, reaching out to them. And then um, I did open up one event for just like the general public. Um, But yeah, touring around to try to just speak to as many people as possible. And if, Mm -hmm. even if like, just like one person, yeah, if it just sure. affects one person, that means the world, right? Because one person can make a difference. Yeah, totally. And you can never control like the amount of like people that, that will be impacted, but you can always, you can control, like you say, the effort and the yeah. intention of putting this message out there. Yeah. And the one that will need it will will find it. Like this is exactly. how, That's how I, it works. I feel like it works, yeah. <laughs> um Let's talk a little bit about uh, nutrition, maybe. Um, when you work with somebody, do you what? What's kind of like your your approach? Are you somebody that first analyze what they're doing, or or do you work with just like calories? With the what? What is your your uh, your approach? Uh, yeah, um, it does differ from person to person, but, you know, obviously we sit down, I kind of see where they're at, ask some hard questions mm-hmm. um, to really understand, you know, what, how's their way of thinking, um, where is this coming from, why are they wanting to change, and that just sets me up to be like, okay, this is how I'm going to approach nutrition with them and then uh, we do do a food diary to see kind of what they're eating and then depending on where they're at what their experience is I do try to get most people to track right Um, tracking brings awareness Mm -hmm. and a lot probably about 80% of the people that uh, started tracking that who hadn't tracked before was like oh my god I didn't realize how little blah 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 mm-hmm. or how much blah 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 and I was like yeah great now we have awareness so we uh, we focus on quality of food um, quantity of food because that's super important mm-hmm. um, sleep stress management make sure they have movement and hydration and those are kind of like the six foundations that I, I really focus on I see do you do you work with uh do people have a say into like what kind of like food do they they want or do you give also like meal thing or like no it's it's more like just uh, (laughs) um you know when it comes to quality of food obviously i'll give them a list of these are the whole Mm -hmm. foods um and trying to incorporate as much as possible Mm -hmm. but i found like when i first started out i used to do meal plans and Mm -hmm. i just found that was so structured where Mm -hmm. it could be taken into like it's just a it's not a what's the word I'm looking for it could be taken as an eating disorder right Mm. or turn into one so I moved away from that um from the the aspect of wanting to control exactly what you yes yeah yeah because 
that's where the diet culture comes in is if I'm saying, okay, eat this, this, and this, where's the room for like real life? Where's the room for, hey, I want a Kit Kat or I don't want that. I want to have this. And it just takes the pleasure out of enjoying what you eat. It takes that completely out. It's just like so regimented and it's not, Mm. it's not a positive way to approach nutrition. Interesting. So it's mostly they have like the work for the, their, the amount, um, an amount of calorie that they, they should eat every day and, and and a list of food that they can tap in. Yes and no. Um, most women or most people that come to me, they're under eating protein. So mm-hmm. that will be like the number one, let's get our protein up. Yeah. Um, don't really take into consideration calories. Um, once we hit the, the protein goal, depending again, their experience, where they're at, maybe we'll work on like a calorie goal. Mm-hmm. So I can kind of see how they get those calories, whether mm-hmm. it's more protein or more fat versus carbohydrates um and then for people that are a little bit more experienced we do talk t- like tap into controlled macros see. and is it do people work with you like monthly what what what's, what kind of like program do you have like monthly three months six months yeah. um i generally say like a first six month commitment mm. right because so much can happen in the first three months that is just getting your a little bit of confidence in there, um, finding a good, like what works best for them. And then the, the next three months is basically like, that's where some change happens. Um, and then the check-ins, I have a couple of tiers where we check in like on zoom or in person, whether it's weekly by bi- bi-weekly or once a month. I see. Yeah. Interesting. How do you like, uh, that working, working with people? I love it. On nutrition. Yeah. I love it. Um, yeah, I, I love tapping into not only just like talking about nutrition, but the psychology, like the psych- psychological part of it, where mm. how people, how they think about food, how they react to certain things and just talking them through that. And that kind of goes hand in hand with that mindset piece, right? Everybody, for the most bit, everybody that I've worked with has a certain mindset around food, that all or not nothing mindset, um, can't have this, this is good, this is bad, and really trying to transition it into a more healthy way of looking at and approaching food. Hmm. Like what would be the, um, what would be considered a, what would you consider like an, um, a wrong way to approach wrong. food? Putting like good and bad labels on food. Hmm. And saying you can't have this, don't have this, this is bad, um, don't ever have, restri- like restricting, restricting right? Yeah. Restricting is just going to open up a world of possibly binging on whatever you're restricting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. Um, uh, sorry, I had some. Oh, yeah. So what what <laughs> what, what are uh, classic... Uh, not necessarily myth, but like classic mistake that you, that you, you you've seen. Not necessarily mistake, or like classic thing that are that people shouldn't be doing. That maybe you you've seen throughout like your clients or, or things like that when they started to to work. What are like classic beliefs or things that we should avoid doing rega- yeah. regarding nutrition? <coughs> um, I don't know. Most of the time, people need to eat more. Hmm. than they think um 
some myths are like some of the ones that we've heard is like carbs make you fat fat mm. makes you fat if you eat protein you're gonna get bulky <laughs> no <laughs> um yeah there's there's so much misconception and misleading information online that it's really hard to navigate a healthy way of eating um with all that information that's like pulling you like so many different directions right when you go to like if you google online how to lose weight basically just stop eating right eat 1100 calories like a lot of the time we're already under eating so we have to eat more and when you eat more your body's going to end up losing weight sometimes right there's just yeah there's a lot of misleading information yeah do you think it's important to get a wh what would be like the 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 profile of somebody who need uh, assistance with nutrition that's a good question um there's a couple i think the biggest one is people who find themselves always in some sort of diet or doing mm -hmm. a fad diet mm -hmm. and it's like oh i need to lose five pounds or 10 pounds so i'm going to stop blah 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 or i'm going to do this diet i'm going to go keto okay well why like mm -hmm. let's explore that why do you want to do that um the other thing is like if someone has a specific goal in mind and they just feel unsure and not confident in what to do usually that would be a good reason to mm -hmm. coach interesting so what would you say to <laughs> so, sorry it's like the questions are popping in love it so what would you say to we'll, we'll stay with on the women's side to a woman um that doesn't feel good about uh, herself for whatever reason and what would be like the first step uh the first things to get into um let's say like that doesn't necessarily is into fitness or 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 serious about nutrition like what would be like the first step for somebody that is not necessarily uh lost but but um that is navigating this world and and not feeling good like we we're seeing mm -hmm. that the feeling yeah. um about how she looks or or other aspects um what, what would be the first thing that you would do uh in that kind of situation i would ask a bunch of questions mm -hmm. what makes you feel good why don't you feel good why do you think you don't feel good um tell me some things that you have done in the past that do make you feel good and then start building on that if they're like I really like, you know, I, I used to go on bike rides all the time. I used to feel so good. Well, why don't we do those? Well, I don't know. What if you did that once a week? Okay. And then just like building on depending on what their responses were. Um, a lot of the time, like when someone doesn't feel good, it's, you know, well, probably I'm not eating well enough. Okay. Well, how do you think we can change that? And just getting them to kind of come to the terms of why they don't feel good and helping them through that. Mm, interesting, yeah. I love the, the let's do more of what make, made you feel good in the, the past because yeah. I believe, yeah, it's, it's a big thing that, you know, especially in adult life, like there's not enough, uh, we don't emphasize enough the importance uh, to keep having like 
passion for something, yeah. excitement, play, yeah. that kind of thing, uh, that yeah. kind of like me <laughs> fading away. <laughs> but I mean, if you don't do this, it's it's uh, if you don't take the time to do this, you lose yourself. Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. Yeah. I see that so much, and it's it's tough, right? And I, um, you know, becoming parents is a big thing. Like that changes people they lose themselves, right? Because mm -hmm. they're doing so much for their kids. They really stop looking at themselves. And, you know, how how am I? Like, one of the biggest things is those children, just like you said, a sponge, right? They look up to their parents. If the parents aren't taking care of themselves, that's going to follow suit with their kids. Mm -hmm. So, and if they're not happy, your, your kid's going to see that. Like, mm -hmm. you may think you may put on a brave face or a happy face, but your kid feels that, right? You know how you walk into a room and you can feel tension? Well, I'm pretty sure your, your kid can feel that you're not and they can sense that you're not happy. And the biggest thing is like we do advocate to parents is like put yourself first, like do something for yourself, mm -hmm. whether that's coming to the gym, whether that's going for a walk, whether that's singing, dancing, whatever the case may be, you need to do something for yourself because mm -hmm. I do see so many parents who have come into the gym or some of my friends who just have lost themselves and they're just not necessarily dull but they are a little bit unhappy mm. and like I do that that is big for me is like just making sure like you you got to put yourself first like I know people like I know that sounds bad but if you're not taking care of yourself one nobody else is going to take care of you two if you're not taking care of yourself and something goes wrong who's going to look after your child yeah. right um and when people are talking about having kids like I know I'm, I have my opinion, but mm. um, it's like you have to really want a kid and you have to make sure that you are strong in who you are when you have that kid. Because if you're not strong in who you are and what makes you happy, you're going to lose yourself and you're going to be so resentful and so unhappy. Mm. Right. And that because like even for Terrence and I, who we are so strong in, in who we are and have all these boundaries and ha have a healthy lifestyle, like it's still affects us and it's still hard like course, being yeah. a parent is hard so yeah this is the one would you say is one of the hardest thing you've uh, no yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah for sure is there like do you feel a, a, a pressure on being a model mm -hmm. yeah oh yeah and even more so like in that social media and terrence will smack me for at times like because we have that social media right at our hand, right? Mm. Instagram will always be like, basically in your face, how to be a, you're not being a good enough mom. You're not mm. doing good enough. You're not this. And you really have to, and that's where the boundaries come in. Is like, know that, okay, why are you looking at your phone? And why is this random person affecting you? And that's, those are conversations that Terrence and I have because we all need to be reminded, right? So mm. he's like, okay, what is this serving you? And why is this random person telling you that you're not a good mom? Because, you know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 We live in a world where we're attacked from all sides mm -hmm. of external influence. And for sure, like you said, like the importance of knowing who you are, I feel it's the first step of <laughs> your life. Even though like some never get to this or some early or something early, but like knowing who you are is is the your first uh, demon. I'm gonna say like it's your your first mountain to yeah. to, to, to to climb, climb and explore. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Finding I think that's that's a big thing is like what makes you happy, 
Mm, yeah. Like a lot of a lot of adults don't know. Mm. Right? It's like, okay, well, what brings you joy? What makes you happy? I, I don't know. Like, okay, let's let's and find that out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I mean also maybe I mean and I think older generations uh, it's something that would maybe lacking uh from what we'll have today like if we if today we can i feel like so we're going in the direction where younger generations since they have uh more information they see more things they have more options mm-hmm. i feel like they're able to uh ask themselves questions that past generation could, could couldn't even so even though there are things that are detrimental, because in any way, you know, yeah. like if we take just social media, there are great things. There are things that are super uh, toxic. It's but it's like kind of anything to me. Like there's yeah. always like good and bad things. But if anything, I, I find is that I feel like younger people are more in touch with, uh, you know, like the, what is the meaning of of this? Like, Asking am I here questions. to just like suffer and do things yeah. for? X amount of, of hours uh, <laughs> of my life to just then be able to pay to exist, right? Like it, it's it's we're able to raise more question and 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 to to be more in tune with you know what does it mean and and um, what what do I want to do with my life? Yeah. What makes me happy? Like, like you said. So yeah. Um, I think this is one of the positive aspect of you know being influenced is that when you're influenced by by good thing right yeah, by yeah. people that raises the, the the good question um but so you, you were talking about being a parent i'm curious to talk about um your your fitness um journey through your uh, pregnancy if yeah. it's something you can uh uh were you so first of all i mean the 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 whole the just the thing of like being pregnant is something for man that's like complicated to comprehend (laughs) but when i think about it i i have (laughs) this kind of like insane anxiety creeping on me i'm like holy shit like just the the aspect of having it's so messed up (laughs) a human in your in your belly like we don't we don't think about this because we're like yeah it's not happening for us and when I think about it, it's like, it's insane. It's actually insane. Yeah. It, it's it's super hard to comp- like comprehend. It's like, how is there, there's a child in me breathing, growing, eating, moving, <laughs> living. Like there were yeah. some nights, like if you like think about it, just like some things where your mind just starts to wander into like the deep dark you probably shouldn't think about. But it's like, oh my God. I'm in charge of this little thing that's inside mm. of me. Like, holy crap. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> that's the one thing, like, kind of like eerie is like the best thing I could say. Yeah. It's like, it's eerie that that happens. Mm. Um, what is the, the first, the first, uh, do you have like instantly a change in the mindset of like around, if, if we keep the, because I think this will also like, People are more curious about the the, the nutrition and, and and training and fitness and movement aspect mm-hmm. of it through, throughout. Like, do you have directly a change in in the mindset that you have that that consciousness of um, uh, not not consciousness like being conscious about? Are you scared like to move initially and, and yeah. that kind of thing or like? I was. How does that? Um, I was only because I was considered geriatric, <laughs> so being older, like there's higher risk and everything. Mm. So, I was. I think over 
concerned to do something wrong. Like I didn't want to potentially hurt um, my baby. So I did take the seat of being a little bit more more conscious mm-hmm. and a little bit more cautious around that too. Um, and just knowing like making sure, okay, you're supposed to sleep on your left side during second trimester and so forth. And like just making sure I was trying to do everything that was suggested. And then when it came to my fitness, um, I definitely was training at a higher intensity prior to getting um, pregnant. We did lower it a little bit because we were like actively trying to get pregnant. Um, and then when I did get pregnant, I like right away, like told my coach, I was like, Hey, pregnant, like let's take it back. Mm -hmm. Um, so it did like stop doing like really high intensity stuff. Um, just took it to like more of a moderate, um, and like across the board, not super high lifting. I did do, I did still do like Olympic lifting and, and squatting, but to be really like conscious of how I was bracing my body like you're not supposed to bear down you're supposed to pull up and uh expand and breathe differently um so then as I advanced I just was probably a little bit too um what's the word to use um I just yeah a little bit too cautious Hmm. I think where um I probably could have done more in my Hmm. fitness to be in a better place post-pregnancy um yeah Mm -hmm. yeah but you you yeah but is it worth it though that's the thing is it worth some people it is risk yeah Uh, but Um, wait did you have did you have any any like people that give you did you get any like specific exercise or things that that things um, to do like did anybody like uh, give you some kind of knowledge around that or what you could do what you couldn't do what no you as do well yes and no um when i first found out we were going to try to have a baby and when we got pregnant um i took a course online for um pre and postnatal mm-hmm. pregnancy um nutrition and fitness so mm-hmm. i could arm myself with the knowledge so i was doing what i could um so we do have like modifications and stuff at the gym that i created from this program to be able to make sure that you're taking everything into consideration and then there is a lot of um like post pregnancy rehab stuff to do to make sure that you're you know preparing your body to get back to exercise no matter mm-hmm. what type of exercise um especially like core related right because mm-hmm. you there's yeah. a lot of potential risk there um so yes and no like obviously learn from that um program there's a lot of information out there um s- stuff that i definitely like to get more into because obviously mm-hmm. women are always getting pregnant and everything mm-hmm. like that so yeah yeah was the um the post how how was that experience uh, get, getting back into training um because i know i mean it, it's a you hear about that subject a lot i mean personally i've seen a lot of people talking about that um like mentally uh, emotionally mm-hmm. uh, i know that it's it can be like a wild ride <laughs> yeah so how was that experience for you if you yeah um for me it was not amazing um I definitely hid at home and did like in our home gym um because I wasn't ready to face the world of just accepting where Mm -hmm. I was 
Um, so I did a lot of like low intensity, um, like try to do some strength movement, but I never really pushed myself mm. to like where I was before. And like right off the get go, I felt so disconnected. Like I'm like, this doesn't feel like how I, I remember it feeling. Mm. Every exercise, jumping, squatting, pushing, pressing, lifting, everything just felt so different. Mm. And that was uh, a struggle for me to really wrap my brain around. Because like when you remember something being a certain way and then you're doing it again and you're like, okay, this isn't, this doesn't feel the same. Yeah. Um, and really it wasn't until two years after, mm. uh, after giving birth that I actually felt like okay, things are, things are connecting. Things are, my brain is connected to my body and my body knows what it's doing. And maybe that was from like breastfeeding so long. Um, I know there's a lot of like relaxant that's still in my system, but whether it was that or whatever it was, like literally like two years postpartum wasn't until I started feeling like mm. the way I want to feel. I see. Did you have any things that that you think like helped you regain that that remake that connection, or was it really just like time and and time, time consistency, and, yeah. and just I think just having that positive, you know, a part of me could have been like, "F this, like it's never gonna happen. It's just it is what it is," and just kind of give up a little bit. Mm -hmm. But knowing that, like, hey, like. I'm putting in the work. Eventually, everything's going to start to click. Like, just mm -hmm. the way everything is. Like, if you just keep showing up, keep showing up. And, like, the hardest thing is, like, if you get there and if I show up, even if my effort feels like a 50%, I'm still putting in the effort that I feel is there. So that's kind of, like, taking it day in, day out. And just, um, for me, just not trying to think about where I was or where I want to be and just being present in what I was doing and trying to be as intentful as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Did you have any, uh, is, is the nutrition through pregnancy needs to be different? Is there like things that you have to do or things that you really don't? <laughs> it's a great question. Weird um, cravings. And so I, I know yeah. there's, there's like random, suddenly you can, <laughs> everybody has, yeah, everybody has different cravings. Um, I think, and everyone's totally different, but, mm, yeah. you know, in the research that I did, there's specific, like, micronutrients that you're supposed to be getting. So, like, I made sure, like, eggs, I had to get, like, certain, um, I can't even remember now off the top of my head, but there are specific types of nutrients, vitamins, minerals that you should be getting throughout your trimester to, you know, best kind of build, give the building blocks to your baby mm. um, and to suit them up as healthy as possible. So I was eating food that I usually don't like bread and dairy where um because they talk about like intolerances and everything like that so I wanted to make sure I was aiming him for as much like best success as possible to not have like any allergies or intolerances as best as I could so arming his like microbiome in his gut so I was eating basically a variety of everything as much as I could my um random like in the first trimester I could not eat chicken or oats to say mm. and those I lived off chicken and oats like, that was my life <laughs> and I was like I can't I just can't oh, I can't it was terrible but I could eat like chicken fingers that we bought mm. like frozen chicken fingers I could eat that yeah. 
like random that was my craving like chicken fingers yeah. or like breakfast sandwiches from hmm. ratio mm-hmm. just like so good yeah <laughs> overall you you'd say um well i guess you kind of like answer that like your your the main challenge for you throughout this was was this moment where you felt this disconnected with your, your body and regaining that that connection yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's oh gosh um <clears throat> i was talking to terence about this the other day it's just like females are so like i don't want to say men are simple but men are very we, we are more simple <laughs> than, than, than you are than um and just how the how women's brains work right it's not just one thought it's like this thought all these other thoughts and subcategories to that right Mm -hmm. and as you're going through this a lot of it is an emotional emotional kind of god it's an emotional battle especially for people that were competitive or have a certain adherence to self-worth and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and when you're not meeting that it's really hard to change that that mindset and to not take it in an emotional way that could be detrimental to you, like mental health and everything like that. Um, I found that like it, the biggest struggle was mentally mm. just like being okay with where you are at. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What helped you, what helped you, uh, did you any any tools that like helped you through that? Any things? Any um, thoughts? Any? I think being super realistic with one where I was at, where mm-hmm. I wanted to go, and breaking that down of how I was going to get there. Right. So knowing mm-hmm. that I wanted to get back to training. Okay. So what do I need to do to get back there? Okay. Well, I need to make sure my nutrition is good. I need to make sure I'm having good sleep. I need to do all these other things to get there. So focusing on those small things the like the foundational habits to to know that when those are all kind of hitting their highest peak then I know that that's where I'm going to be so for me it's just simplifying it right instead of because for me I have I always have like big goals big aspirations and when I focus on that it's like oh my god like Mm, I'm never going to get there so to be able to break that down and be like, okay, this is what I need to do day in, day out. If I'm meeting that, I know that that's going to happen just with time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, good. Uh, good thing. The vision, working the vision. on the vision and the step yeah. together. Yeah. Interesting. What, where do you think, uh, so what right now, what are like your, your main goal for, for the future is like to develop your, your uh, empower uh <coughs> Life uh, seminar, uh, the gym, a lot of nutrition. Like it's just, <laughs> just like amplifying uh, all these things. Yeah, just yeah. you know, I want everything to be excelling as much as it could, right? So we're getting to a good place with the gym, yeah. having a full staff. We still want to keep building, right? We want to make sure that um, what we're providing to our members is the best experience, and then bringing in people um, that, you know, kind of fall within that. Um, the female empowerment series, just streamlining. I think the biggest thing, like I want the seminar to, to be a big thing that Mm. is super important to me. Um, and then obviously continuing my one-on-one nutrition clients. Um, that one, I'm pretty happy. Like, I don't feel like I need to do too much to 
um, build that much more. Like it's, it's at a good spot um, as long as I kind of maintain that. Um, and then being able to build out eventually like a fitness slash nutrition program under that female empowerment series mm -hmm. that I can offer to people. Right. Uh, long-term I'd like to build some sort of like sponsorship or charity where people who may not be able to afford it or may not be able to, whatever the case may be, to be able to provide that service to them and them not have to, to pay for it. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. That's good. Um, all across the board vision. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Um, do you think, it, it, le, so you have like a strong uh, community aspect, I would say, because everything you, all of this regal is, yeah. is really as a, working with people yeah i think it, it definitely it can grow um especially being like getting out in the community more mm. um i think myself and voicing the seminar and stuff like that that is new and i haven't been able to express too much i guess like obviously except for reaching out uh, to the schools and the sports teams um, but getting out and talking to more people other business owners um you know whoever basically just network a little bit better i think that has has been a missing piece um just been like obviously time and everything and the the need to be able to go out there is i think pretty high yeah You could do it online also, I guess. Maybe yeah. You, you could do uh, like live uh, interactive talk on like platforms and, and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, I do on my like, I have a closed Facebook group mm. um, and I do like live talks there, but that's mm. only for whoever's in the group too. Yeah. So, yeah. Even though in person is, is way better mm -hmm. and now, especially after COVID and stuff, like we, we have like, there's a big need to gather people yeah. together and to reconnect um yeah i think uh, yeah and i i've thought about that like to be able to bring the seminar you know online but i feel like there's something to be said about getting a group of people in a room together being vulnerable with each other and I like kind of as we work through the seminar it is like i said it is interactive so i do ask questions when other people are putting up their hands other people will be like oh Like they're struggling with that too. And it just, when women open up and become vulnerable, like it is such a empowering atmosphere. Mm. And it's so amazing to see that. I, I don't feel like that would, I don't think that would be there online. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 totally. Oh yeah, because you, you feel more when you are, well, you're into like people's energy when you're yeah. around, like there's, it's a very different dynamic Um Yeah, so I mean, this this the theme of uh, uh, vulnerability, something that comes up often in these, <laughs> these episodes, because it's it's such a it's such a big uh, it's such a big thing. I, I think it, it even like means different things on the women and men's side. But what what I found and what I think it's also important to, but it's only my my opinion to share it with like this, especially the younger crowd mm -hmm. like you want is is. Um, Because I think it comes a lot from we built this narrative and this belief that we we arrive in this world to literally compete. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I don't know if it's different for men and women on the men's side. Like it's a lot like that because it's a lot. You know, if you're not producing, or as a man, if you're not doing anything valuable, 
you're worth nothing. Yeah. And um, I think that part of how we heal this is to kind of break this this feeling that you have that the guy next to me is, is my competitor, but is just like another person that whatever that person is going to do, say, uh, achieve, doesn't take away anything of who I am, what, mm -hmm. I, what, what is my worth, uh, what I can do, what I can say. And it's really breaking, like lowering the, um, the, the fear and the protection with other people yeah. and to really understand that we are all in it together. And if we can just like, Come you together. know, lower our, <laughs> our shields and things yeah. and just understand that like we are our own enemy. Like this yeah. is, we're all the only one that are going to like hurt ourselves. Like if yeah. you're open and vulnerable, it's actually this way that nobody will be able to actually touch you because you're already, you're already transparent. Yeah. And it's not going to be as emotional when you keep your secret, you keep your things and somebody pokes you about it. This is where it hurts. Mm -hmm. But when you're like, hey, this is who mm -hmm. I am. This is what I've done. Yeah. And then now you're you're like almost... Uh, Invincible. Yeah. You can't and, touch me. And, yeah. And that's something that I think as well, like we need to, to make sure younger generation understand is that the person next to you is not your enemy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a collaborator yeah. of... Like, yeah, but I think I think that's so amazing that you shared that because as you're saying that I was like, oh my god, like the female are like we're the exact same, but it's different. We're trying to adhere to whatever society says that we need to be, and a mm. lot of it comes around that body image, right? We need to be good enough so a man will pick us, mm. or we need to be prettier, fitter, whatever the case may be, so we're showing that we're better than the people around us. I need to be better. That person's this. I need to be better. And whether it is because we need to find a mate or we need to, you know, just show people that we are good enough, whatever, I don't know where it stems from. Like, and I feel like maybe it's something that's just been ingrained in us through society, through, you know, previous, like our parents or whatever the case is, like for the men, like exactly how you said it, like this person, I don't need to compete about against them. And just like females, like, I don't need to compete about her, against her. Like, she's on her own journey. My journey has nothing to do with that person's journey. And her journey has nothing to do with mine. And if you own, like, that's the one thing that I do say, like, talking to my clients in, in the empowerment series is, like, own it. Like, just own your shit. It doesn't matter if it's whatever you're, like, I was having a conversation with one girl. She's like, I'm just super emotional. Like, own it. Like, cry. Who cares? Like, mm -hmm. I'll have moments where I'm just crying in the middle of the gym because I'm frustrated about something. I cry, I get it off. Okay. Then I pick up the weights and I just keep going. Like mm -hmm. if we can own our shit and not try to give an excuse to why we're doing that or why we're, why we're not this way or why it's not this way. Like, I don't know why, like, yeah. I don't know where that comes from. Well, I, I think the, the thing is, um, once once we truly embrace who we are and how unique we are this is how we are able to separate ourselves from um quote unquote like the competition for sure because part of the system we're in is that we're kind of like trying to squeeze everybody into 
a box. Yeah, one kind of like, or oh, you have to be this way, behave mm-hmm. that way. This is like, not don't make too much noise, don't make too much ripple. Yeah. Is like, and so as everybody's shutting down their their very unique aspect, and we're all in this thing where we feel like we're all the same. This is where sparks like this yeah. uh, competition because I'm afraid of others and who is going to be better than me. But as we move away from this and really embrace and express how unique we are because everybody is unique with their own path mm-hmm. and, and things like that, the more I think we actually lower the fear of competition because the more we, we, we stand out in our own way. But like you said, for for women it's a it's a i think it's a it's a harsher uh it's a harsher navigation and i think like this is really personal opinion and and a lot of people will say different things but i feel like today it's kind of a harsher navigation for uh women than it is for men even though there's a lot of men who would uh, disagree with this i feel like as a man whatever happens like even if you're at the bottom of the bottom i feel like you could always um you could always find a way to 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 make something and i feel yeah. like on the women's side you we're still in society where you you are still more dependent of of other things that will really approve or not i feel like it's harder to break through mm-hmm. for women than yeah. men from the 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 the, the, the mold uh, yeah but it's, it's personal opinion yeah and to that like as you're saying that it made me think about something that we were kind of talking about a little bit before but and, and i don't know where this comes from but i feel like women are i feel like that the the pressure to look and be a certain way comes from if you're not looking a certain way like being in that box somebody will tell you Mm. and I don't like I know like as I went through like when I was younger somebody commented on my body and then high school and this and that and then when I was pregnant random people that I didn't know commented on my body Mm. and where where in the world do especially men have the right to to say something about a woman's body Mm. like when do we be like you know, say something to a boy like, oh, like, are you having, are you having twins? Mm-hmm. No, like that. And I, I don't feel like men necessarily have that. I like, I know they do, I can, mm-hmm. but not to the full extent. And for females, I feel like it's just, it's their body that gets commented on more than it really should. Mm-hmm. Like no one should ever comment yeah. on a female's body. It's not for them to comment yeah. because like, it doesn't matter what somebody else thinks about your body. It really doesn't. And the biggest thing is like that goes back to the self-love. Like only you matter what you think about yourself. It mm. doesn't matter what anybody else says or thinks. But when somebody has the approach of, you know, a higher peer, uh, a role model, their coach, their parents, and they're saying something about this person's body and they're taking that to heart. Like that is like when you say men can't, like they can kind of like break out of this, like, how do females break out of the, I, I guess, being on display for people to comment about? Does that, do you know what I'm saying? Wait, can you repeat that last that last sentence? So how do women get out of being on display for mm, people to comment yeah. about their body? Yeah, That's kind of like, I think, where a pressure mm. comes in to look a certain way. Right. 
<laughs> well, it, there's one thing that I really like about uh, building yourself as not being too much influenceable by external comment and mm -hmm. judgment is to then don't take it as the first degree of like, oh, somebody is like telling something about me, but then thinking also, why does anybody judge? Why mm -hmm. does anybody interact? Why does anybody would feel like commenting on something? Where yes. does that come from? And what does this truly mean? Because judgment, and there's a quote that I don't remember the full one, but it's actually, uh, I think Nikola Tesla who said something like, when you understand that judgment is nothing more than um, the, 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 how do you say that? The aftermath of somebody's personal history. Yep. Like when somebody is going to comment on something, we, we, we associate to the world like judgment and we see that, oh, somebody's above me, like a judge yes. and judge me. But it's actually the opposite. It is somebody Down here that is talking about their, their personal, yeah. it's your personal story. When you comment anything about me, it's your personal story. Yeah. It's what you've seen that built the fact that today you entered in contradiction or something made you want to say something. Yeah. But it's not about the one that is being judged. It's about the one that is 100%. judging. And when you when you really dive deep into this and understand this, you almost because it's something I've struggled my whole life with. It, and then it's 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 um, you almost get into building empathy for the person yes. and, and understand where that comes from because maybe this this person had their parents. Yes. Really, uh, <clears throat> maybe the one that you know said I was fat was projecting his fear of being fat because yeah. maybe his parent was telling him don't be fat. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and then you kind of like understand that whole process and just be able to. Uh, relax and sit with this and understand that it's just like there's an external world and there's your internal yes. world and yes. oh my God. it's their personal story yeah. that you know come in ripples with you but knowing that like thanks for sharing your what it's <laughs> no it's, it's that the word is like, like judgment is like it's a confession yes like once you turn judgment into a confession somebody's mm -hmm. not judging you is they're making a confession of how they yeah. feel right now yeah in their uh can I hug you right now? <laughs> like, right? No, but you know, yeah. Yeah, that's a hundred percent. Like, and that I have like a very like similar spiel in the high school kind of seminar is when someone's judging you, it's not about you. It's about them, and it's almost like when you start to understand if you've ever spoke ill about somebody how are you feeling when you spoke like that were you not feeling good where is that coming from and being able to open up you know the complexity starts with kind of what we were talking about before is building that armor of knowing yourself and knowing that your worth and being positive and having that self-love and then being able to switch that off and be like okay so why why are you saying this to me and asking those questions and trying to dig deeper because a lot of the time you're absolutely right it's not that just face value comment it's deeper than that where is that coming from why are you feeling that way feeling that way and it's when you actually start to think about it like you said you have that almost empathy for that person you feel bad you're like mm. this something obviously affected you in your life for you to feel the way you do right now and mm. that's why you're saying that to me yeah. and it hurts like why is the world hurting so much where we need to hurt other people mm. like yeah ugh, it just oh it sucks so much yeah and then there's two kind of like you know there's the hurt people hurt people or hurt people 
make sure that they don't keep hurting people, people right like it's the the hero and the villain yeah. uh, story are the same they got hurt and then one's it's gonna project that onto yeah. the world and one is gonna make sure it, it doesn't happen again but i mean it's 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 a balance it's it's uh it's, it's kind of yeah that's life <laughs> that's the that's part of the game yeah uh, but i think it's a very uh valuable and and uh and very needed to to do the kind of thing you're gonna do like speaking even uh, at in like for high school people, even even like younger than than high school yeah. to just uh, yeah. raise the awareness like I said uh, about that. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's like I said, like it it is so disheartening and it breaks my heart to hear young girls at the age of eight having to deal with that and having to you know, restrict themselves. They can't eat this. They can't eat that. Like, let's change this. How can we, how can we move this around? Like eat food that makes you feel good. How can we make them feel good? Because all this stuff that's happening to them, is not making them feel good. And it's just going to progress. It's just mm. going to get worse as they get older, which again, sucks. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, poop. <laughs> um, yeah. We're, uh, what were you saying? No, you were just saying, yeah, the importance of to to attack this subject mm. early on and that it was breaking your heart that you were see yeah. like eight years old uh, already being like self-conscious about. Because eight years old, you, you, you should never, you should nowhere be close to to be like, to have like body image uh, no. issues at no. eight years old. Like you should just like, You should be just loving the world yeah. and like at that age you're you still are so naive you don't know all the the bad that is to come in in the world right we we as adults know all of that mm. right and they're eight they don't know everything that we know we why not be able to project all the positivity that there is in the world and maybe if we do show them all the positivity and all that the the good that they have and that they can bring that they're going to just change the world because sometimes where the world is going is not amazing yeah. and it, it is scary to see what what is happening in the world yeah. but if we can have our kids be armed and be positive and want to make a change and want things to be better who's to say where that's gonna go yeah yeah and that's all we can do right like mm -hmm. in in the world like you can only you know fight for the thing you're 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 thinking are right and positive and just like yeah exist through this like that's <laughs> all we can do what else can we do um whatever's <laughs> in our control yeah no but yeah that's uh yeah i love yeah it gets me amped up like talking about that stuff and, and yeah. talking about um like i was i was talking about this before pregnancy and i was telling terrence i was gonna i was gonna build it during pregnancy but we got too busy um and i don't know what it was i think it started when i was still living in edmonton i was talking to one of the girls i was working with and just like how she felt about herself and you could tell in the way that she was doing her work like she didn't feel good about herself and her work just was showing that she just didn't have mm -hmm. that confidence in herself and we just started to like kind of talk about it and like dive into it and kind of break it down and I was like well you're an amazing person like why don't you see that and she's like I don't know like everybody in my life has just told me that I'm not yeah and like then that opens up like when you have that mind like that opens up she was in an abusive relationship so she lets herself 
be treated that way because she doesn't believe she deserves anything mm. else, right? And like to think about how many other people could potentially be in this situation. Like yeah, it's yeah. just like, it's so tough. And I know I can't change the world and I know I can't do that. And like Terrence has to be like, you can't change, like you can't help everybody. I was like, yeah. I don't like, yes, obviously I want to help everybody. But if one person, just like one person hears it and it empowers them to get out of a bad situation or gets them into a, a better situation, that is amazing. Yeah. And that's just, that's one more person that is doing a, a better better place in the world right yeah. better thing oh totally yeah. and then w what's interesting is that you can never really judge the how potentially the impact's going to be because maybe you're going to talk to a, a 12 years old and and actually it's going to spark something and that person is going to impact maybe thousands of persons like you know what exactly. i mean it, it's like you can never by touching one person <coughs> sometimes you can touch way more and how this person then is going to carry because we transmit things and then um you know like and then you 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 it's like a fire on, mm -hmm. on you spark all the things and then it spreads so you even if it's like one person it's always uh, it can always be can always have like a a bigger impact at the end you can never really know so one person starts with one person and then well know. and that's like the negativity of gossip right one person starts saying something and then it oh, spreads, yeah. it spreads right? the same way yeah. so if we can spread that positivity like how amazing would that be yeah 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 my hopes and dreams <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's good the world needs uh everybody's light and yeah. especially today we're in some yeah yeah uh thank you very much thank for you. sharing all that i appreciate it it was really good i like what yeah. you're doing here i hope it continues thank you so like when you're i don't remember when i like started messaging you i was like this is awesome um like what you were doing like that amps me up right yeah and like that makes me i was like okay robin's getting his word out there he's doing what he's doing like I'm like i can do it too mm. and that's kind of oh, like that's, cool, that's what yeah. we're talking about like the feed mm. right and i just i love what you're doing and just like it makes me it makes me feel that passion it makes me feel that excitement mm -hmm. and that in turn like transfers into everything else i'm doing right that that gives intent to other things so i hope that that you that's know that's cool yeah i yeah. know like that because that's exactly my goal is to having just like help facilitate the authentic expression of somebody that is on a mission for something yeah i, I can't understand half your <laughs> half your french but <laughs> oh yeah um so just one thing before leave something that i want to start doing which is a guest is going to leave a question for the next guest without knowing who it is what was the question uh, no so it's th you're the first so nobody <laughs> has okay. a question I'm just kidding. so you would be the first starting that because i just saw that on another uh, podcast oh. and i want to start because I, I find it's interesting so you can think about it you don't have oh, to say know. it right now okay so if if you already have like tell me what okay well i'll ask that at the end for the, the next one <laughs> <laughs> all right that's a wrap Woo. thanks Like you know, I was I was doing a lot of stuff. I want to say. Yeah. I was going to respond to something different.